Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, rough sketch. <laughs> rough sketch. Uh, what's the difference between me and you? You, you. What's the difference between me and you? You, you. Uh, what's the difference between real and fake? What's the difference between love and hate? Cause most opinions are different and let me be more specific before you answer that and in your head let this marinate. Saying you real but love jacking people for bricks and chips and then when it happens to you, you look at them like you ready to retaliate on the people that did it and you in the same business that you got yourself in and that's like a pure jealousy and hate cause you love to do it but think nobody else will. That's why I installed it in my head to do the things that I feel. That's more important to get in a gorgeous woman or flossing or having paper so long. If it feels you would get lost And I'm trying to grab right by the head And stun the game like the often Cause nowadays it's rarely seen From TMC to do that quite often So I sit back, enjoy life for every day that I breathe And do this music till it's time for me to leave You know you talk about some flashy rash And I talk about what I feel is
What's good? What's good, people? It's Saturday afternoon. El Divine Bay. <clears throat> Today's topic, we're going to be talking about uh, generational wealth. Um, what is it and how we can acquire it? First and foremost, we got to give peace, peace and shout outs to uh, all of our ancestors and those that came before us. So, peace to the gods. Assalamu alaikum, shalom, hotep, alafia, all of that good stuff, man. Anything that means peace and blessings and anything positive, man. We sending that positive energy out to y'all today. Happy Savior's Day as well to all of my uh, members of the Nation of Islam. They'll be doing some big things this weekend. What they're doing right now up in Chicago with the minister, man. So, happy Savior's Day. All right. So, got a lot of things to talk about today. Um, As usual, I want to give some people some time to get uh, get on the call. Because I know it's Saturday afternoon and people have a lot of things to do. I actually was running around myself trying to make it back on time. So I might have been a couple of minutes late getting the show started. But anyway, we here and I'm ready to give you this game. So I'll start to my uh, callers checking in early. See, we got a couple 614 callers on the line. Columbus, Ohio checking in. We got a Orlando call checking in. Okay. Repeat Orlando call. Uh, Shouts out to Orlando. Shouts out to Detroit. Yeah, Michigan checks in. I got some loyal fans in Michigan and Chicago, as well as my hometown. Uh, 513. Got our first 513 caller on the line. Shouts out to the Natty. What's going on, family? Make sure y'all share this information and uh, share it to your social media platforms and let them know. Uh, Got some good information on this uh, podcast. Uh, We're going to be introducing some sponsors, and we're going to make the show a little more interactive visually. Uh, I have the ability to to do some Skype and things of that nature, but uh, what we're working on is to be able to uh, integrate all social media platforms, which will include uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook Live. So we'll be able to integrate that with our studio and have all three of those uh, lives going, as well as YouTube Live. I forgot YouTube Live. So imagine to be able to interact with, with people on four different platforms at the same time simultaneously. And uh, that's going to be pretty dope. So I'm looking forward to bringing those uh, things into the show as well. So, um, like I said, the topic today is generational wealth and how we can acquire it. And why the F don't we have any? I'm going to be discussing uh, the term old money. And what is it? (laughs) And again, why don't we have it? Uh, We're going to give you some history and some strategies on how to acquire some old money for your family and generations to come. So this is a show that uh, I definitely want you to share. Uh, Even after the show's uh, completed today, I want you to bring your uh, people 
to the website or download the show. I'm, I'm actually having uh, the capability to allow you to download the show. That way you can um, listen to it on your your phone or your, um, you know, your iPad, whatever. Whatever. You, if you got it on MP3, you could pretty much use it anywhere and, and kind of, you know, listen to it as your, at your leisure. Uh, also, the show will be uh, airing on iTunes as well as TuneIn Radio. If you're familiar with the app TuneIn, it's uh, an app where you can listen to any radio station uh, in the world. So we're also going to be on that platform as well. Uh, for those that's on the call, make sure you go to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, look me up, blogtalkradio.com forward slash L Divine Bay, and then click the follow button. If you click the follow button on there, that will allow me to uh, let you know. It just basically gives you a heads up when the show is about to air. Um I think it's like 30 minutes or an hour before the show airs so you don't miss any of the topics that you uh, want to get some more information on. So make sure you follow. That's very important. So uh, let me see. Checking out the chat room now, see how many people we got in here. Because I usually try and start the show about 15 minutes after we end. So once we get about, you know, 20 people on the line, then we'll go ahead and dive into the information. So let me check out the chat room, see what we got in here. Texas checking in on the chat room. Looks like Dallas. Okay. Shouts out to Dallas, Texas. Um, got a Minnesota caller on here. And I can't tell where you from. Let me see. Hit you with a message. See who we got in here today. We got another Kentucky caller on the line, 502 checking in. That's Louisville. Shouts out to Louisville, man. I got family down in Louisville, as well as Lexington and Paris, Kentucky. So, shouts out to Kentucky as a whole. We definitely going to be making our way down there into that market. Uh, Shouts out to my man uh, on the West Coast. He checked in on the call. Thursday call. I had a special call on Thursday. Uh, we were following up on the steps on how to start your business correctly and how to become uh, credible. And I gave you some steps on how to acquire your first lines of credit for business that's not associated with your social security number or your personal information. So you might want to check out those archive shows. But big shouts out to Ashanti checking in in Oakland, Oakland, California. Looking to do some things with that that that, that gentleman. I, I checked out some uh, information, and he's doing some great things in this community uh, with young men. And I definitely want to get him in the loop with some of this information as far as building and establishing business credit, so he can keep doing those things and helping those young men in this community. So, shouts out to Ashanti. <clears throat> Let's see. Okay. We're getting a few more people in the, in, the, in, the, in the chat room, and it looks like we got about 15 callers, 15, 18 callers on their line. So we're going to go ahead and get into the basic topics of the information. So to start off, the 
Give me just a minute here. I want to make sure I start this off the right way. And I don't miss nothing important. I took a lot of notes and did a lot of research on this, man. And I hope the information that I give you today, you're able to share with your family and uh, benefit from it. And kind of keep keep the, the trend going once we know what generational wealth is and how to acquire it, man. Then maybe we can leave a legacy for our generations to come and our children and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So, we're going to start it off like this. Generational wealth. The first question that arose when I brought this topic up was um, simply, what's the difference between being rich and being wealthy? And if I had a little more time, I was going to dive into a little skit with y'all, uh, but unfortunately, you know, I didn't have, have the additional time to do that today. But when we think about the word rich, they have some terms, some uh, terms that we we have in our community that we say is a certain type of rich that I care not to uh, to to say because it's it's a derogatory term, but it's a term that's that's, that's used frequently in our community about a certain type of rich so you got rich you got wealthy and the main difference between the two is uh, knowledge wealthy people know how to make money and to maintain the money that they make rich people just have money so uh, an example would be if I gave you a million dollars or you, you came into a million dollars, you would be rich on on some some standards, and, you know, to certain people. And we'll get a, a little deeper into what uh, the definition of rich is. But a million dollars, you know, somebody could consider that as being rich. But wealthy people know that a million dollars, you can be rich and stay rich with a million dollars or you can be rich momentarily and lose that money as fast as you got it again the key difference between being rich and wealthy is that it is knowledge knowledge money doesn't make you rich financial education does I need to write that quote down. It's definitely going to be in my book. But money does not make you rich. Financial education or financial literacy is what makes you rich or makes you wealthy. Um, The definition of rich, according to uh, the dictionary and the encyclopedia, (laughs) is someone who has accumulated enough money to pursue or to purchase a comfortable luxurious lifestyle or a luxurious nature of a lifestyle above that of the common people in a group a city a society so 
their definition is like I said, if you're in a, amongst a group of people or a city or a society or you know, cuz we all we all docile in in certain groups in certain areas or territories. So if you're on your block and you're the one who everyone looks up to that has the nicest car, has the nicest house, to those people in your community, you would be considered rich on some standards. So it's basically the lens that you're looking through to determine what is rich. But the term rich is defined as someone who has accumulated enough money to purchase a comfortable lifestyle uh, or a luxurious lifestyle above that of the common people in a group, city, or society. So, a lot of people can be considered rich. The term wealth and wealthy is a little bit different. And there's several examples of uh, the differences. Like I said, the main being uh, knowledge or education. Um, but in the same you know, definition of what wealthy is as opposed to rich, when you rise above the rich people, so those individuals that are considered uh, above that of common people that's in a group or city or society, when you rise above those individuals, then you consider wealthy. So the rich people are, you know, a step beneath you because you have rose beyond what their uh, thought of being rich is. So that just gives you a, a, a just a basic synopsis of the definition and the difference between rich and wealthy. But we're going to dive in a little deeper. So, according to Forbes Richest 400 Americans, 60% of those on that list. So, every six out of ten on that list came from families that were already privileged or rich or wealthy. So, in other words, they didn't come from poverty and work their way up. Not to take anything away from them, but it's just that they had um, a better starting point and they had the resources available to them as well as as well as the education and the uh, guidance of those that came before them. So, if you were born into a wealthy family, you could be a complete F up and still have the resources to start a company and end up becoming rich or wealthy. Because like I said, your your influencers around you shape you into uh, successful situations. Now that's not always the uh, the case because a lot of people that come from wealthy families, they, they tend to go against the grain and they don't never acquire their own wealth or what, you know, people would deem wealth because 
wealth in itself is a personal um, stand. So, I mean, some people could consider themselves being wealthy just by being able to provide for their families and to have family and have friends and loved ones who genuinely care about them and they're cool with that. They don't need all the the exotics, the big house, the fancy cars, the jewels. That really doesn't impress a lot of people. That doesn't make them wealthy. Wealthy people are healthy people. They they may be considered uh, rich or wealthy in their knowledge, in their in their spirituality. Like I said, wealth is determined and defined by the individual. So, but for the purposes of of layman folks and 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 you know what they in society generally consider as wealth or being wealthy, we're gonna stick to that. So, out of the sixty percent of the Forge richest four hundred Americans, they grew up privileged, and it's a fact. Um, according to the Institute for Policy Studies in 2012, they came up with that statistic in 2012. They probably have updated that, and I'm sure those numbers are a little higher from 60% from, say, seven years ago. I would beg to differ that it's more on the lines of 75% to 80% now. We're talking about seven years ago. Things were a little better overall, but there's so many uh, millennials that's coming out that's making money on their own that it's kind of staggering the stats a little bit. But Forbes, remember, those are the fastest or the top richest or the fastest growing companies in America. So that's just in America. Now, we're sticking with the uh, statistics from uh, the Institute for Policy Studies in 2012. 40% of those individuals, they either hit the lottery, so that puts a a decline on the percentage rate, and the rest, they ended up becoming wealthy on their own, or a term we like to use is they got it out the mud. Now, when you're one of those individuals, you're you're treated at a whole nother standard from your people as opposed to those individuals who came from money or had old money. One of the uh, examples that I can give you, and you can check out our story, um, Oprah Winfrey, if you read any of the books and her uh, you know story where she tells talks about her life as a child growing up and the uh, uh, trials and tribulations that she had to go through man it makes you um, respect her a little more because when you don't know where someone came from you really just you just can't you know jump out there and start judging people because they made it the road to success is always difficult, man. It's always a difficult task. Uh, some people are fortunate, like I said, to be born in it. But even if you're born in it, you deal with a lot of different challenges. And 
you know, obstacles that we don't even know. So just because you was born in that family, it doesn't mean you're going to get handed to you unless you do what they want you to do. So you, you basically don't have free will. You have to uh, stay in the structured box until they allow you to, to get that or inherit that. So it's a lot of rules, it's checks and balances with everything. So everyone's uh, path and obstacle and struggle to get and acquire wealth is different. But individuals like Oprah Winfrey, and there's several that I can name, but she's just a more prominent, uh, more popular example that I, I could share with y'all. Because I got a lot of uh, male and female listeners, so... You know, everybody knows Oprah, so but everybody doesn't know Oprah's story. So you get a chance, check out Oprah's story, man. Read her book. Uh, she got documentaries. So just kind of give you a sense of what she came from. Moving on. Generational wealth is defined as such if you did absolutely nothing. This is when you know you have you're, you're wealthy, or you've um, obtained generational wealth. If you did absolutely nothing extra, your money will last three to five generations, and generations are generally termed uh, thirty years or more. So you're talking about you becoming wealthy or have generational wealth that means 90 years to 150 years from today you could you could you can live or your kids could live or your grandkids could live so three to five generations is equivalent to 90 to 150 years so that just basically separates all the the BS about, you know, being rich as opposed to being wealthy. You don't have generational wealth or you're not considered wealthy if you can't sustain three to five generations. So, I mean, if you just hit the bare minimum of three generations, that's 90 years. If you can sustain your offspring for the next 90 years without doing anything else but living off an of interest of your assets and everything that you set up is for passive or residual income that's wealthy that's what we're talking about today people we're not talking about you know having a few cars and a few houses and you know that's hood rich it's another term that they use but we're going to use hood rich that's hood rich so anybody can be hood rich but to consider yourself being wealthy and being amongst those who who are able to say I left a legacy four or five generations down when you've gone hundred years later people will still be able to look at a painting of you or a picture of you and say man great 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 granddad or great 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 grandma really left left a legacy for us something to be proud of and see we were robbed of that we were robbed of that because we had generational wealth that would, would sustain us forever and it's 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 a lot of uh, examples that I could put out there but that we could save that for another topic <clears throat> on another day 
But just keep that in mind for a minute. Generational wealth or being wealthy three to five generations after you're gone or not necessarily after you're gone, but just from this day forth. You can't call yourself wealthy unless you got people covered for the next three to five generations in, in case they didn't do anything. Just use or lived off of your resources and your assets that you put in place. <clears throat> so that just speaks volumes to those individuals that are considered wealthy. I tip my hat to them, the ones that, that got it the right way, but even those that got it how they wanted to get it, or you know, a lot of us put those people in those positions with lack of knowledge and lack of, you know, understanding of uh, what happened to our ancestors. Because if you think four or five generations ago, there were individuals that uh, were doing extremely well until slavery and the whole, uh, you know, I I don't want to get into that. (laughs) It's Black History Month, but I could go on and on about that topic. But I want to try and stay on on point for uh, this conversation. Because I really want y'all to understand the definitions of this and what happened to ours. Because our people have been here. Our people have been working. Our people have been, you know, buying homes. Um, I'm sure most of you are familiar with Black Wall Street. If you're not, look it up and do a little research behind that and see exactly what they did or what they accomplished. Um, You'd be surprised. And you'd be further surprised as to what happened and why we don't still have Black Wall Street. So a lot of things been taken from us. That's evident um, from our uh, Native Americans, our indigenous people, from us, uh, our kings and queens, from our ancestors from Africa. Uh, we've been robbed of gold, silver, natural resources. And that's basically how they have generational wealth or old money. Our money stopped when our ancestors were enslaved or they were uh, killed off and no one was there to step up and claim what was ours. So the spoils and everything that we had or our ancestors had was taken by a certain group of people. And so that's where their old money came from. Off the backs of 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 the indigenous people, off the backs of uh, Africans, Moors, slaves, whatever you want to call it. But that's basically where the the shift in the money went. But let me give you some more. Now, I gave you the statistics on what generational wealth is and and how you can measure or determine that with three to five generations that it will continue in your absence or if you didn't do anything else. Now, on the flip side of that, to bring a family line out of poverty and this is statistics. They, they they did a scientific study on this. 
And they said to bring a family line out of poverty. So coming from absolutely nothing to becoming wealthy. <laughs> and this is going to sound real cliche, but it would take 10 to 15 generations, which is equivalent to 300 to 450 years to bring your family line from poverty to wealth. What I find about the statistic is uh, the number. Think about the number, 300 to 450 years. How long have our people been oppressed? <laughs> Just think about that. How long have our people been oppressed? How long have we been under uh, this, 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 this tyranny system? Let's, let's rewind the clock. 300, 450 years. Let's just say 450 years. Bear with me. Let me pull up a calculator and see what this actually looks like. Let me adjust this music. My back, My background music. I don't want that to overpower the conversation. Okay. Let's do some math, y'all. 2019 minus 450. So we're talking about 1569. Now, if you do a timeline search on 1569, just ask yourself were we here in America? (laughs) Yes, we've been here. The indigenous people have always been here, but that's another another story, another topic. But do a timeline search for 19, 1569 in America. We're just gonna keep it in America. And let's let's just go back and see what was going on in in the year fifteen sixty nine. I'm looking up a few things, so bear with me. I'm letting letting y'all do this as well. So you do this as well. People in the chat room, shoot some things out that happened from uh, 1569, uh, just to kind of give us a, a idea of what was going on. So this is some events. Let me just give you a quick synopsis. King Philip II formed his Inquisition in South America. That was in February 1569. The Duke of Norfolk was arrested. (laughs) The Catholic uprising is under Northumberland and Westmoreland. St. Philip of Moscow martyred by Ivan the Terrible. Listen at that name, Ivan the Terrible. (laughs) Giovanni Battista 
Masaringo, the composer. These are people that was born in, in, in 1569. And this is the history that, that they're giving us, just general history, man. It's like um, these noblemen and these politicians, these ministers, um, they were dealing with a lot of martyrs and a lot of uh, wars. The Holy Roman Emperor agrees to pay tribute to the Sultan for peace. Now, the Sultan and the Roman Emperor agreed to pay tribute to the Sultan for peace. Now, for those of you who are conscious and know a little about the Sultan, I'm going to let y'all do some research on that and then we're going to get back on topic. But I just wanted to take you back 450 years ago and they're talking about it would take that long to go from poverty let's just let's not say poverty let's say slavery or oppression let's use let's use those terms it's scientifically proven that it would take 300 to 450 years to to come out of poverty to becoming wealthy <laughs> and if you check the timeline like I said we we right on course are we wealthy yet not as a people but we can look at a few family lines and you know they are considered wealthy we can look at the Oprah's we can look at uh, Jay-Z's Beyonce's you know although they are nowhere near you know they're not even on the spectrum of some of these other families that keep the wealth. See, that's the thing. Oprah's children's 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 uh, I know she don't have any children, but if she has some children, she may adopt some people. She may give it to her nieces and nephews, but her family line should be able to sustain a pretty decent life for the next three to four generations. If that money's not squandered or taken from her people or gobbled up in taxes, you know how they do. So once you get some money, that doesn't mean you're going to keep it. That's why we don't have it. Lack of understanding of education on how to protect your interests and your uh, setting up trust and making sure your family knows how to uh, execute those trusts. Setting up your estates, claiming your estates. Not allowing people to claim uh, claim it for you if you don't have it protected, then you know the probate courts and the the blood suckers they come anytime somebody that has wealth uh, passes and they don't have their paperwork together, they can uh, hoodwink those individuals that don't know how to maintain that or protect that. So it's 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 a doggy dog world, man. We know it is what it is, but. Uh, 300 to 450 years to bring a family line out of poverty, man. <clears throat> so I'm going to leave those four four little points on your head and then we're going to continue on to another part of this uh, topic. <clears throat> part of this is because of the generation gap that is caused by the thing that we all should cherish more than anything, and that's time. 
We only allow so much time to be here. And most of the time that we are here is been spent in a rat race trying to even just provide. So you have families with two working parents, children, uh, going to public schools, uh, being taught to become workers and not entrepreneurs to give them just enough education to perform or do a job uh, for the wealthy individuals and their families to continue to have this lopsided um, economy. So the generational gap is caused by time for communication because the, the insufficient time of communication If you don't have time to communicate efficiently with your children and to educate them and demonstrate to them the things that they need to do in order to better their situation and ultimately better their children's situation. That's what causes this communication barriers in our families, man, which leads our children to be guided by other influencers like the media, the streets, society, the internet, etc. So mom is working, dad is working, or dad is not present. Mom's working two jobs. Nobody's here to educate the youth. Uh, our grandparents used to be the, uh, the source of that information. But a lot of times, you know, our, our grandparents are, are passing a lot earlier. Uh, and sad to say, a lot of our grandparents are working until they, they're on a deathbed. And that just shows you the difference between the cultures and, you know, our struggles and what we have to do just to survive as opposed to their privilege. They, they can choose the words if they want to. They, most of them might pick up a little job just to entertain themselves because they're so bored. But the generation gap, yeah, that's um, the main cause of that generation gap is time because we don't have that, that, that precious time to uh, put into our children and teach them the things that we've learned so we don't take those secrets and those uh, gems to our graves because when we do that we leave them to fend for themselves and, and start the whole cycle all over again meanwhile the wealthy people are instructing their children on how to rule over the masses and the cycle just repeats itself so we gotta get our shit together for lack of better terms we have to make sure that our children, our offspring, know the basic principles and fundamentals of um, budgeting, of credit, of assets versus liabilities. So this is what we need to do. We need to educate ourselves so that we can educate our children because none of us was taught this. We don't go to school for these, these things because they don't teach them in our communities. So... 
my company is built on uh, these principles. So divine wealth principles, they're divine. It's talking about wealth, which in terms, like I said, spirituality, health, finances, you know, trust, state, protect your state, man, establish an estate, create a trust, a family trust, and, and protect what you've, what you've worked your whole life to attain, even if it's, you know, it might not be much, but whatever you have, make sure you protect that and make sure you're able to leave something to the next generation behind you, so that's what this is all about, people. Now, what you can do with your family is to develop your family wealth definition. Because like I said, it's, it's defined solely on the individual. So what might be considered wealth to one person might not be considered wealth to another person. Just because you have money doesn't mean you're wealthy. You can acquire things, but if you're wealthy and you're sick or you're a paraplegic, excuse me, I'm a little tongue-tied trying to say that, quadriplegic. Um, Just imagine having all this money and you couldn't drive a car or walk down the street or swim or if you were blind or if you couldn't hear to enjoy, you know, the simple things. It's people like, like Stevie Wonder, for instance. He had a successful career and a pretty decent life, but I'm sure... With all the money that he has and everything that he's, you know, accomplished, I'm pretty sure he would love to just look around and see what we see. The wealth to him. You know, to be able to open his eyes and see how the world has changed since the time he was a little bitty boy. I don't know if Stevie Wonder actually ever was able to see. I know Ray Charles saw for a while. But I think Stevie might have been born blind. But just like I said, wealth is is different. So develop your family wealth definition, and we're gonna give you some 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 steps or eight things to help you define what that is. So financial wealth. I only want you to use the finances as a tool to meet the goals that you create. So you want to use your your financial wealth as a tool to meet a goal or to create a security for the future generations to come. You want to create security opportunities for the future generations to come. So one thing you might want to consider is integrity. Integrity plays a, a, a huge role in, in being considered wealthy. Because if you don't have any integrity, you can't be wealthy. I mean, you can in a sense, but or the overall picture, you want your family to be known as to being a you know a a, a, a people of integrity. You want to measure what you consider wealth with accomplishment. So whatever goals that you set out, 
once you accomplish them, then that, you, that's a checklist. Set a goal and, 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 and seek to accomplish it. When you accomplish it, put that in your wealth bucket. Because everybody don't accomplish the goals that they set. And definitely want to give your children that, instill that in them at, a, at an early age. And have them set a goal and make sure that they, you know, complete it. <clears throat> Physical security. Talking about health. So that's something you want to secure. If you're uh, creating your, your list for your family as to define what wealth is, health needs to be on that list. So your physical security, you want to make sure that you're, you're healthy. You want to make sure that you're going to be here to uh, spend time with those that you love and be here to guide them and educate them and kind of groom them <clears throat> for the handoff. Knowledge, education. So knowledge, wisdom, and spirituality. Those are three major things that you want to include in your definition for your family. So when you're developing your family wealth definition, you can't be wealthy without knowledge. Like I said, that is the difference between being rich and being wealthy is the knowledge. You have to have knowledge. You have to have wisdom. Because a fool with money, that's that's going to be a short term. You're not going to be rich very long if you're a fool. So having the knowledge and having the wisdom to use the knowledge and spirituality. So you got to tune in. You got to um, find your your higher self and apply that. So that's definitely important. And number six would be family harmony or peace. You want to make sure that is a definite attribute that you want to, you know, include in your your family wealth definition. Because if you don't have peace in your in your family, then it got disarray. You have confusion. You have chaos, and that's never going to equate to wealth ever. It's going to equate to division, and division and separation is going to squander your money. Nothing's going to be left for anybody else because you're fighting over what you said you wanted to leave for generations. And then, you know, greed, envy, jealousy, all of those things get in the way and then, hey, everything is out the window. Individual happiness. So, are you happy? You need to take self-inventory and ask yourself whether you have all of this money or not. Are you happy? And if you're not happy, make sure that you put that in your definition of family wealth. You want to be happy at the end of the day. That's what we all seek to be happy. We want to, we want love. We want to have things. We want to have families. And we want to be happy. So that's definitely another attribute you want to put in there. And lastly, um, and I just we're going to define what wealth means to your family and not society
So like I said earlier Something that's considered wealthy to one Might not mean The same to another individual It's, it's, it's specific to that individual We're going to take a quick three minute break So y'all just vibe with my instrumental man And I'll be right back he was very kind to people who maybe needed someone to be kind. definition some background on the differences between uh, well the definition of what generational wealth is uh, and the difference between rich and wealth so uh, hope that first hour was informative for you but now uh, we're going to get into what we can do to acquire generational wealth so that's that's what we're here for. 
you know, I wanted to give y'all some history before we actually dove into some things and some uh, <clears throat> some practices that we can do to to start acquiring generational wealth and how we can protect that that wealth once we do get it. Because, like I said, a lot of people come in contact with money, uh, property, all types of things, and and I, we've seen it all too often where. Uh, they come in and get you for tax evasion. They come in and, and get you for this, that, the third. Their whole purpose is to allow you to acquire whatever it is that you want to acquire in life. But trust and believe they're not going to allow you to keep it. So if they can get it by any means, they plot, they figure ways to, to catch you slipping, to get what you worked your ass off to, to, to get for your family so it's nothing new man this has been going on for centuries centuries like I said it takes you 300 to 450 years to come out of poverty to even become uh, wealthy so we're going to get into some topics on the give you a, a guide or a blueprint how to attain generational wealth down just a little bit because I want to make sure y'all hear this. We get into the to the good part. Okay, generational wealth. It is acquired by building generational assets, which can include not everything, but I'm gonna give you some some basic um, assets that have been tried and tested throughout history. And thus far, they've they've been pretty solid. So, these assets that you want to acquire, they can include, but are not limited to, real estate, property. So, you look around and you see people that own a lot of property, real estate. It could be land. That could be uh, um, actual homes. Um, real estate is not limited to just you know living quarters we're talking about if you own the land that um, a shopping mall is built on they might have the shopping mall but it's on your land so guess what you get paid they're doing business on your land so you get paid kind of similar to um the colonists doing business on our land which is northwest Amexum or America or Morocco if you want to get specific with it but the example that I'm going to give you is the Native Americans let's, let's, let's start there we're going to make it simple because I don't want to go over anybody's heads the Native Americans they were here this was their their land and some people came and they asked if they could live amongst them and, you know, be free to practice their religion and do business over here to make the country, you know, a peaceful place for, for all. And being a people of peace, uh, the Native Americans allowed them to infiltrate 
based on promises that they would, you know, stay on their 13 colonies and eventually greed kicked in and they, they took over. But before that, let's, let's just back up just, just a hair. Before that, they came from wherever they came from, correct? Correct. So, once they came over here and started living, uh, building, their queen said, uh, okay, you found some land, so uh, we need that. So, a little war happened, took place, and uh, with the help of the Native Americans, those first colonists were able to fight off the British and to celebrate their victory they dumped all the tea (laughs) in the river in the the Boston River and it's something that became known as the Boston Tea Party that was basically a slap in the face to the British or to the Queen to say we ain't going nowhere this is our land and this, that's what it is. We no longer enslaved by you, and we're going to make our our way over here in the America. So the queen's like, okay, fine, do that. But because you still are servants or citizens of my country, you're going to pay taxes to me every year that you docile over there. So here we are today paying taxes (laughs) to another country and it's because we're over here doing business on the land that does not belong to you so you pay taxes to your queen and the Native Americans whose land this was originally have been pushed damn near off the country off the, the, the land mass they were promised you know a certain land mass and they're trying to take that now so greed man and these blood suckers they don't give a damn about no treaties no no agreements you know the forefathers they put them in place but as time went on they didn't give a damn about none of that and you know the treaties still stand but do they care no <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta be able to protect what's yours. So I gave you that little quick history lesson, just give you an example of how they manipulate and uh, use taxes and things of that nature to take whatever you have. So we'll get back onto that topic in another show. But let me finish this out because we got about 45 minutes, so I want to get into it on how we can attain our generational wealth and start you know leaving these uh, these principles for our, our, our future generations okay we talked about assets and real estate was one of them stocks stocks and bonds you can also invest in other businesses that is key you may not know how to conduct or run a business but if you know there's a business that's running or you have a good feeling or a good uh, vibe about a, a potential business, invest in that business. Invest in the business. Let them 
use their geniuses and their ideas and, and, and you know, invest in, in other people's dreams. Perfect example. Uh, I'm going to give you two examples. 50 Cent was approached by some individuals about an idea about vitamin water. And I don't know the exact investment 50 Cent put in there, but I think it was somewhere between one to $2 million. Now, one or two million dollars to us might seem a lot because, you know, we just don't got a couple million laying around. But someone in 50 Cent's position, he saw that this could be, you know, something big. So if he didn't do anything but, but get his money back or, or made, you know, a return on his investment, that's what you do. You invest in things that you feel good about. So if it made sense to 50 he said, okay, here go a couple million. He, he was sitting pretty good at that time. So he invested a couple million dollars. Now, vitamin water is released. I think Coke got wind of it, and they offered something between the numbers of two to four billion dollars. So, 50 invested in vitamin water. Did he create it? Did he know anything about it? No. But he invested in someone else's idea. That business returned him a substantial amount of profit to where he's able to do a whole lot of other things that he probably couldn't do before that deal was done. Another example is my man Nas. Peace more. Um, Nasir, the rapper, the, entre- the entrepreneur, the, the, the activist. He invested in a uh, a product called the Doorbell app. It's probably real popular now, but when they approached him with the idea, it, it could have been a hit or a miss. But Nas thought it would be a good idea to invest some funds in it, so he made an investment. Maybe a couple of million, I'm not sure of the number. But uh, whatever he invested, Amazon bought it. And it's now, you know, it's, they sold it or they bought it from, from these individuals from somewhere between 40 and $80 million. So now it's made, I think it was $80 million and he got $40 million of it. Just to let you know, man, it's like if you have money, use your money to make money. Whether you have a lot or a little. If you got $100,000 in you know in stocks or in you know inheritance whatever take half of that money and invest it because if you invest it and you you double your money you created an, a, another fifty thousand dollars otherwise that you would spend because you don't know how to invest but if you see there's potential good ideas or investments that that someone is hungry for and they got everything in place but the money that's a prime investment because you can invest in that business and, and get ownership. You can become a partner with them. Or you can just invest your money and say, you want, hey, I want 20% return on my investment. So you invest your money, $100,000, and they give you $120,000 back at a certain time. But you might be better to uh, look to get, you know, a piece of the company and, and become a partner. You know, you have ownership in the company. And then when you're looking at deals that I just explained, you can get whatever percentage 
of that deal when the when the when the business is sold or the the idea the idea or the app or whatever the case may be, man. You can invest in people. They have good ideas or have business uh, business ideas that they want to bring forth, and that is a tremendous way to acquire generational wealth because if you're investing in a business and you you're 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 a partner or shareholder in that business, as long as that business does well, you're gonna continue to make money off of it. And you, you also have the you know, you have the ability to sell and invest in something else because there's always gonna be a new idea, a new business, a new opportunity to get in on. It's just whoever moves first, they usually do pretty well. The people that jump on the bandwagon late usually don't profit as much. So Things like the Bitcoin and that whole uh, cryptocurrency, people are still benefiting from that. But Bitcoin was not the end to, to the whole cryptocurrency. It's a lot of different cryptocurrencies coming out, and uh, the federal government jumped in there as well. Fedcoin, watch out for them. They're trying to corner the market. So when when you see opportunities, you gotta jump and you gotta pray and 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 invest and just hope you know your investment comes out but you can't be fearful when when you're investing you can't be fearful when you're doing stocks you can't make business decisions based on emotions that's how we as a people fail because we 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 do things based on emotions if you're not confident in something don't invest in it (laughs) that's the biggest mistake we make we we invest in 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 things and people just because you like me doesn't mean you should invest in me if if the business model makes sense if it makes sense you should invest i could be a great person and have a dumb ass sense of business and you think because I'm a good person, I'm a person you should invest with. That's absolutely false. If I have information or a product or a service and you see that it makes sense and it, it can make an extensive amount of money with a little bit of marketing or a little bit of uh, investing, then invest in that. Don't invest in the person, although the person does have some impact on it but don't let that be the reason you're investing let the reason be because there's a product there's a service that my company provides that you could see yourself investing in that because it's going to be something that's going to be profitable so invest with common sense not emotions key point now to build generational wealth you need income so we starting from scratch. And I, some of this is just, you know, I like to uh, start from the bottom and work our way up. Because some people, you know, I got some young listeners that may be early 20s um, coming into the workforce for the first time. So if you had this game then, then I would start here with you as well. So to build your generational wealth, you need income. You got to have to get a job or start a career or start a business. So, however you earning your income, you need to set an earning capacity immediately. And you need to adjust your thinking to shift from an income-based mentality 
to an asset-based mentality, which will help you create that wealth. And the asset-based mentality goes back to what I said before about learning to acquire uh, things that are tangible like real estate, stocks, uh, businesses, uh, you know, gold, commodities. Um, When you create that mindset that you want to own assets more so than, 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 than income, then your money will never run out. That's what's going to create, help create wealth for you. So you got to have the right. You have to have the right mindset to stick to your goals at all costs. So the discipline to stick to your goals. Once you set a goal, you can't deviate from your goal and expect to be wealthy one day. It's just not going to happen. So by any means, at all costs, stick to your goals, man. You know what the long-term uh, results you want to have so in order to have that you gotta budget you gotta plan and you gotta stick to it so you must develop a wealth mindset and a lifestyle you have to see yourself doing the things that you do in repetition to where it becomes a lifestyle so paying yourself when you get paid before you pay anybody pay yourself something in all your endeavors so however you acquire funds Pay yourself first Something 10% Whatever the percent is Do it and stick to it So anytime you acquire any money From your uh, business Or your wealth or your job Pay yourself first Get into a habit of thinking that way The other thing you want to do Is spend less than you earn So if your check is 500 a week And you spend the whole 500 That is hustling backwards so if you earn 500 a week Take it out of your, yourself And say look I Earn 500 a week But I only have 400 a week because 100 of that Is going into Savings or going To be invested once I get my Savings up I'm going to invest in something So every pay period If you got the same 500 You want to put that 100 In investments because that's the only way you're going to acquire wealth is to invest in something that's going to continue to make money with your money. Understand that, people. We've been uh, allowing people to get rich and acquire wealth off of us for so long, we don't have a clue as to what's going on because we're stuck in this vicious cycle of buy, buy, buy. We're the biggest <laughs> asset and commodity to wealthy people because we spend money. And when I say we, I mean the people in the black community, the uh, melanated people, anybody of color. We spend our money faster than we can get it, sometimes before. So it's just a mindset. We have to change the way that we think. Spend less than we earn, pay yourself first. And you want to create you some funds for investment. So the example that I gave you of if you made 500 a week, if you take $100 out of that pay and you put aside, not to buy the new Jordans, not to buy some rims or something retarded like that, you're putting that $100 aside every week 
as a nest egg for your investment fund so you can create funds to invest in things. And in addition to that, you want to also establish your credit, your business credit and your personal credit. That way, when you're ready to invest and start your own businesses, you can use what we call uh, OPM. OPM is a term that I want you to get used to because OPM is what's running the world right now. Other people's money. Other people's money. So, if you're able to acquire a decent credit score for yourself, 750, 800, you're able to acquire some credit cards, some credit lines, uh, establish some some credit lines to be able to get loans, personal loans, whatever. Now, flip side is if you establish your business credit, which my company will help you do, you can obtain a separate line of credit that's not connected with your social security number. It's, it's, it's a process, but you can do it. Anyone can do it. If you're 18 and older, you can do this, and I can show you how to do it. It's a guaranteed to a guaranteed way to establish business credit to where you can get up to fifty, hundred, fifty thousand dollars credit line. And we're talking about teenagers, twenty-one year olds coming out of high school. So someone coming out of high school, if they had, let's just say, ten thousand dollars, you get ten thousand dollars, not even ten thousand, let's say say $7,500 for $7,500 by the time you're coming out of high school instead of getting a $200,000 student loan debt if you could come up with less than $10,000 you could come to my company and I will show you exactly how to use that $7,500 to be able to have credit lines of $100,000 multiple credit lines but yeah, that, that's investing in yourself. That's creating funds for investment, establishing your credit, establishing your business, establishing your business credit while you're saving your money. Don't save your money to buy something that's not going to be worth nothing. Save your money to invest in something that's going to continue to make you money and create opportunities for you, okay? All right, so the second thing I want to reiterate and push through your 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 cerebellum is that in order to become wealthy, in order to build any kind of wealth, you need a financial advisor, and that's just period. Because I don't care how smart you think you are, if you're doing pretty decent with the money that you have, and you know that's fine. I know personally people, family members that are doing extremely well with their personal uh, funds, they do they do extremely well. But with this financial literacy and financial education that I've been privy to uh, coming in, in contact with, this is some information that less than 20% of the business world don't even know about business credit and how it actually works and less than 5% on the consumer side really understand 
uh, credit and 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 how to use it, how to use it as leverage. Um, just getting a credit card and, and maxing it out and making a minimum payment that that is how you get stuck with all these finance charges man credit was never used was never meant to be used in that fashion for us the credit card companies however they love the fact that people do that because they make money on top of money on top of money even if you run out on, on paying your uh, your bills off with them they just discharge the debt and they get credit for that on their taxes so it's it's a vicious game and until you learn the rules of that game invest it to a financial advisor a financial coach a financial consultant uh we call them fas or fc's my company divine wealth principles we do exactly that we do financial consulting credit repair business credit uh business financing as well as taxes um, as well as investing opportunities uh, in our company, as well as real estate and some other things. So, divinewealthprinciples.com. Uh, you can shoot me an email at info at divinewealthprinciples.com or just go to the site and look around. Uh, you want to, like I said, get a financial advisor or a financial consultant or coach to help you uh, diverse your portfolio. And a portfolio is just a mix of all of your income, all of your assets versus your liability. So someone that can help you with your bank accounts, with your properties. If you don't have any of those things, that can help you acquire them. So stepping into the investing world, you're gonna be coming into some complex waters and financial intel so having a financial advisor or financial consultant that is passionate about what they do and they have to be affordable because before you commit to a financial advisor or a financial consultant you need to make sure that your budget is ready for that assistance and if you're not just you know just continue to save and continue to invest until you you're ready but be looking for someone that you can invest uh, in as far as being a financial planner, financial coach, like I said, my company handles all of the above before mentioned. And if you're not comfortable with my company, there's a lot of other credible people out there that can help you as well. But make sure you have a budget for that because you don't want to get with the financial advisor and they set up a plan and a budget for you and you're not able to pay them. Because if you're not able to pay them, then they can't assist you and then, you know, you, you just wasted some money. I'd rather you come into the situation knowing what you can afford and if you can afford my services uh, rather than you know you know get started and don't finish because the finish line is what we we really thriving for another thing you want to do the next thing you want to do is educate yourself that's important so like I said the difference between being rich and being wealthy is education and knowledge so we have a, a, a enormous amount of information available to you on the internet so educate yourself uh, Divine Wolf Principles is an educational uh, course we, we have modules in Wealth Principles that's what we do and uh, <laughs> I can't be any more transparent than what I'm, what I'm telling you right now this whole uh, radio show or talk show is basically giving you free game 
that my company we teach we teach these principles. So once you once you're at the point where you're looking and you acquire a financial planner, also educate yourself. And if he or she or that company is not willing to educate you, then keep looking until you find someone or some company such as mine that wants you to learn. I tell my people in the door, I want to educate you on knowing how to do this so you can teach your family. So this can be something that's taught in the household. Your cousins, your sisters, your brothers, spread this information so we can keep it going in our communities. That's that's the whole uh, synopsis of what we're trying to get for. So education, once you get a financial plan, that's key. And building a tax fortress. And what a tax fortress is, is basically you're going to protect your wealth from being depleted by taxes and creditors. So you can do that with uh, several different ways, setting up trust and setting up uh, trust within trust and make sure that someone that you trust can uh, execute those trusts and set up your trustees and your beneficiaries to where your companies are in the loop as well. So you basically want to put a trust and set up a company and put that in the trust and then put that in the you want to basically come up with a circle or a fortress where one company is funding another company that's funding another company that's funding another company and it goes into a circle so Jay Paul Getty he had a um, a, a magnificent tax fortress that is set up in such a way that on paper he basically is broke because all his 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 income is generated is generated in trust so the trust or the company the trust is worth billions maybe trillions because Jay Pargetti y'all look him up do some some research on him and they also have a a TV show that you can probably uh, catch it's called Trust and um, I think Donald Sutherland is the, the guy that's playing Jay Pargetti, but he put a tax fortress up that was impenetrable. So if your company is run and set up the right way, taxes don't even really come into play because everything is protected and is is demonstrating on the trust. The business does business through the trust the funds that are distributed to the beneficiaries through the trust so it's it's not really income for a person per se to be taxable it's businesses funding businesses funding businesses and they're all operating under the trust so uh that's a tax fortress you want to protect yourself from being depleted by the tax uh the irs (laughs) or creditors so you want to also another thing that you can do and one of the ways that you can set up that tax fortress is to set up a SEP, uh, Simplified Employee Pension. That allows you tax deductible contributions if you're an entrepreneur or a freelancer. So if you're making money and you want to, you know, kind of defer some funds from being taxed, 
as the entrepreneur, then you set this up. It's not just for big corporations. You got to stop thinking uh, small time. When you're coming into investing and becoming your own business or your own entity, you have to look at this as a business. It's all a business transaction. So you personally can open up a, a simplified employee pension for your company. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a freelance consultant, set up a simple employee pension fund and pour your profits into that, which is tax deductible. So when you put in your contributions in there, you can deduct that from your taxes, which can, you know, if you had a good accountant, he can keep you from paying, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, just knowing how to practice his accounting and, and set up your uh, business the, the right way. If you get everything set up the right way before you start earning a lot of money, you're set. You just got to protect yourself before you jump in there. A lot of people jump in there, they start making money, and then Uncle Sam come, come crack them over the head and then deplete all their funds, and then they end up going bankrupt, and then they come and take everything anyway. So you got to set your foundation the right way. And if you do that, then you can you can thrive but a lot of us we skip steps so that's what education that's what a financial consultant all of this plays a part and us not knowing all of this is how we you know continue to be in the cycle and we get you know turned around we get um, turned away from wanting to start a business because we make it uh, appear to be something that's too hard and that's what they want fear they can't keep fear in you from starting your own business, from setting up trust, to putting a tax fortress up. If they can make you feel that it's too hard and you're not capable or competent enough to do this, then they're going to continue pimping you. I'm not on it. I learned a lot. I'm learning every day and I'm also going to continue to learn because learning and, and, and education is a lifelong thing. You don't never stop learning. Uh, if you stop learning, you're going to stop earning. That's just facts. So, diversifying your portfolio. That's something that you definitely need to, 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 to keep an open mind about because you're going to need multiple streams of income to attain wealth. You can't just put all your eggs in one basket and expect that to bring you to the promised land. It's not how it works, people. You invest in multiple streams of income. So you get something that that's pretty solid. Something like real estate. Because if you have property or if you have a home, single family homes, uh, multifamily homes, apartments, eventually somebody's going to need a place to live and eventually you're going to be able to rent that out. And every month they make their payments, you're going to make a residual or passive income. So that's money that's going to hit every month as long as those uh, units are being rented. So if the stock market were to crash and you have all your money in stocks and bonds, everything is gone. But if you spread your money out and you have a little here, in real estate, a little here in stocks, a little here in bonds, 
a little here invested in a couple tech companies, a little here invested in education. Um, Look at the people that are considered wealthy or the richest people in the world. The Warren Buffett's. Take a look at his portfolio. You'll see he has 30-40% in real estate. He has a lot in education. He has most of it in, in, in investments. Uh, he has some stocks, but you have to diversify because when you see something coming down a pike that doesn't look like it's going to be profitable, then you adjust. You make the you make the proper adjustment to move your money from one that may be lacking to one that is thriving. And then when the other one starts to, to pick up again, then you can reverse the, that money and shift that money around to the point where you're always putting your your energy on what is profitable now. So it's just investment strategies, man. So you have to adjust your strategy. You have to diversify your portfolio. You can't just get it set and think this is going to continue to grow based on what is. Because what is now might not be what is tomorrow. We've seen it happen <laughs> right before our eyes several times. You know, what seemed to be a good idea today, hey, it's not the same tomorrow. My space used to be everything to the internet for social media. Then it moved to Facebook. Then it moved to Instagram. Then, it, you know, Twitter had it for a while. So nothing is ever going to just remain the same. The world and technology, it will always evolve. There will always be new things. But the old saying is nothing is new under the sun. So. <laughs> These topics that I gave y'all today, uh, it basically gives you a a, a start on to kind of opening your mind and the possibilities on to uh, to see that it's it's attainable, man. We can we can attain generational wealth, and we can set things in motion for our, our children and our children's children. We just have to be committed to the process. We have to be committed to a budget. We have to be committed to um, being coachable. And everything starts with, uh, you know, being able to acquire some income. So you have to get a job or you have to come out the gate with your own business or you have to come out uh, with something. So you have to learn how to generate some income. But that's the starting point, not the finish point. Once you start acquiring the income, then you make sure that you pay yourself. Put some aside because your job is just temporary. <laughs> it's temporary. We don't want you. I don't teach my people to get a job to work for 40 years for someone else to get 40 percent of your income. That 40, 40, 40 plan is the biggest hustle known to man. So you work 40 hours a day for 40 years or more to retire on 40% of the money that you couldn't live on when you was getting 100%. Who the hell would, would, would do that? And they, they sell it so well. They have you invest money into a 401k that grows interest 
but the interest that they give you is ridiculous, ridiculously low. So if you're talking about what they say, 7%, is it 7%? If you earn 7% of your money that you put in 401k over 40 years, I mean, to some, you might think, oh, that's pretty good. But what if I told you you can earn 20% return on investment in a year? You're not going to get no return on investment like that with 401k. That's a, that's a, a, a man. And then if you want to borrow the money, they, 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 they find you. You want to take your money out, they find you. How are you going to find me for taking money out that I may need within that 40 years? And then after you retire 40 years and then you, you get 40% of the money that you work your whole life for, some people die and never get that money. And then if they don't have family members that know how to get the money, it goes back into the system. They 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 forfeit the funds because if they don't have family members to come and claim it properly, then it goes back into the system. So yeah, man, we we're not doing that over here. So once again, divinewealthprinciples.com. Come to the website, contact me. I have plenty uh, avenues to reach me. Um, <laughs> and again, if you're new to the to the to the talk show, man, we we're talking about generational wealth. Uh, old money, what it is and how and what do we do to acquire it and why don't we have it. So I gave you a little history. I gave you some uh, topics to get you ready and I was going to open up the call lines and get some, some questions in here but we got about 10 minutes left and I have four questions in the chat room. So I'm basically just going to I'm, I'm going to defer y'all to uh, sending those questions to me via email. So send those questions to info at divinewealthprinciples.com and I'll be sure to answer those questions uh, directly um, for the sake of time because we really don't have a whole lot of time left on this call. And I do want to recap a couple of things. In your spare time, as you know, like I said, we're, we're trying to generate some some passive money, some money that you can make, you know, by doing something one time and then continue to make money off of it. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, the music industry, if you create a song, it might take you days, weeks, even months. If you it took you a month to create a hit song. And you put that out in the universe and that song sells millions of copies, uh, millions of downloads, millions of streams. You did that one time and you get paid every time that song is downloaded. It's, it's every time it's, it's played on the radio, on the TV, uh, the video is streamed. That's what you call residual income. Like Michael Jackson made a song called Remember the time. And Michael's been gone for a while now. But every time that song is played, he still gets money for his family. That's generational wealth. That song can be played 20 years from now. And when it's played on the radio, in a movie, in a commercial, 
someone in his family line will get that money. So it, these are the things that you know you want to try and invest in. Invest in passive income opportunities. Um, since we're dealing with a lot of millennials, uh, and I, I meant to break that down for y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make sure I get that in the call too before we get off here. Um, millennials they they tend to use their their mobile phones a lot, so you can get started making money watching YouTube videos. <laughs> Many of of you they, they came here searching to make passive income, so here you go. It has to be one of the fastest and most legitimate ways to make passive income. You can actually get paid to watch movie previews, celebrity videos, news of all sorts of other videos. All you have to do is basically sign up for the sites like, uh, let me see, I know Survey Junkie is one, Swag Bucks, and they actually pay you to watch certain videos. They will tell you how many minutes you need to watch the video and you might also be asked to like the video. So whatever, do what you need to do. If this is going to be something that's going to be passive income, do what you need to do. Um, you don't want to make a career out of it, but it's very easy money, you know, for passing a few buttons on your phone in your free time. And there's no limit uh, when it comes to the questions of how much you can make online. You can make around $500 a month just by spending 15 minutes a day on surveys. Like I said, uh, one of the companies is Survey Junkie. Survey Junkie. They pay you to watch videos, and they also pay between $0.50 cents and $9 per survey. And many of them take less than five minutes to complete. So, And Swagbucks, that's the other company. They pay you to watch videos, search the web, and get cash back for online shopping. It's, it's kind of similar to Survey Junkie, but... There are a few other ways that you can earn money as a member, uh, including $5. They give you $5 just to sign up. Cash App. It's an app. A lot of people starting to get familiar with it, and they're using it now. Uh, with Cash App, you actually get $5 just for signing up if you're referred. So if I refer you to Cash App and you sign up, you get 5 bucks, and I get 5 bucks. Now, how many people do you know? <laughs> Let's just break that down. If you knew uh, 100 people in your phone, you sent out invites to all 100 people. All 100 of those people, they download Cash App. They don't have to do nothing. You just download the app from your link. They're all going to get a hundred. I mean, a $5 a piece. So 100 of your friends just got 5 bucks. But guess what? You just got $500 because they clicked on a link and they downloaded it that you sent them. And now they're using Cash App. You got $500 because 100 of your friends did what you said to do. Now, imagine if that exponentially grows. They sent that link to a bunch of their people. 100 times 10. 1,000. So 1,000 people did it. And you got $5 for it. So, I mean, these types of ways to get money, uh, they've never been available to us before because the lack of the communication connection that we have with the internet and also uh, traditional ways of advertising were always done on TV ads, radio ads so those outlets used to make a dumb amount of money millions 
millions. People would advertise millions on TV and radio just to get their their product into the hands of consumers. But with technology and the way that things work today, they go by referrals. They go by, uh, you know, what we do. We use our phones for pretty much everything. So if you get an inbox, a message, or you see this popular person that's liking this or sharing this video, that's the new commercial like Kim Kardashian uh, Rihanna when they post things about products they got 10 20 30 40 50 million people so if 1 million people went out and just purchased or even just clicked on a link to, to look more into that they getting paid for that so I mean it's, it's a popularity contest out here people so like I said um, passive income many ways that you can do it and Amazon has a huge opportunity Amazon because they're one of the big weights heavyweights um, at the bottom of Amazon's homepage they have an affiliate partner link you can click on that link um, fill out some information and then you can just basically put that link out there send it to some people and if people click on that link and they go to Amazon through your link and they make a purchase, you get a percentage of that purchase. So it's a lot of different ways that you can earn this passive income. So give you a couple more. Um, if there ever was a passive income app that you should have in your life, it should be Paribus. I'm going to tell you why. Those Keurig cups online, you can buy them online um, I bought one from Target the other week. The price of the Keurig cups, uh, they dropped in price after that fact. And I effortlessly got refunded the price difference without doing anything. I didn't have to do anything other than originally sign up for Paribus. This free app will scan your emails for any purchase receipts from dozens of online retailers. You don't even have to know about the price drop in order to get your refund. So it's 100% free. And it saved you a lot of money. I pretty much saved about $50 in the first few weeks after I signed up. And that's Paribus. It's P-A-R-I-B-U-S. And like I said, signing up is free. It's 100% free. It's just... It's, it's so many ways to invest this pocket change and get little money here, little money there. And, and once it adds up and they distribute in these funds weekly or monthly, you'll look up and like, man, I... Made a couple hundred bucks and wasn't even, I didn't even do nothing, but sh- shared a couple of links. And that's, those are some passive income opportunities that, uh, that you want to get involved in. Sign up for all of them. I mean, what, what could it hurt? <laughs> um, let me give you another one. You can invest your pocket change and get $5. So you can download the Acorns app for free. And with the app, you start a small and then you stack up change over the time with the Acorns Roundup feature. So if you're familiar with Roundup, some of the banks do it. You make a purchase, let's say you spend $15.25 on something uh, with your debit or your credit card. And that $0.75 cents gets dropped into your Acorns account automatically. Then the app does the whole investing thing for you. So it's simple. Now you can brag to your friends and say you're an investor. But just 75 cents 
as it adds up and then the app is investing your money just think about that the idea is that you won't miss the digital uh, pocket change because you know we, we collect our pocket change set it in a cup night table uh, you know side of your bed and sometimes we might go and cash them in at the bank and spend that money but if you add the change up and I've, I've did it a few times and uh, just I mean added my change up and went and got the money it was 40, 50, 60 bucks sometimes so you know it could add up and just think if that 50, 60 bucks was invested in something and you flipped that unknowingly through acorns so yeah man those automatic savings they stack up faster than you think in no time you would start being a saving junkie and you won't even know it man because that change does add up and the app that app also is free to download in the app store um, the service does cost a dollar a month for balances under one million plus you'll get that five dollar bonus just for starting out or you can sign up with uh, a student email if you're a student then you can sign up for free so I'm going to start telling my children about a lot of these because I came across them and you know I used a couple of them just to see if they work and they do so you know I want to get them involved uh, Digit is another one um, just jot these down you can go back and check them out Trim is another one uh, new users are available $30 in cash back deals as soon as they sign up it's, it's so many there's so many if you uh, shoot me an email I definitely add you to the because uh, I got a PDF that I created with most of the information that I spoke about today so all of these uh, passive income opportunities I'll give you 10 of them um, and out of those 10 passive income ops then I want you to use those and tell me how they work for you so these are just some additional passive income methods and to help you uh, learn to build generational wealth. Uh, see, we got a couple of new callers that came in that may have uh, missed the call. And I see a 201 area code that I'm not familiar with, so I might jump on there and see who that is and where they're calling from. We're just about to wrap this up. So, uh, 201 area code. Last four extensions 8505. Hey. You're the air. Greetings. How are you? I, I regret that I'm good. My name is Jackie. I missed the, the um, show, but I'm going to have to go back and listen to it in the archives because I'm dealing with the same topic within my own family um, in terms of preserving what, I, what our parents built. I, mm-hmm. I, I have a um, personal dilemma with brothers and sisters who took a generation of equity and they pretty much dumped it for nothing and what's remaining I'm trying to retain and now that it looks like I'm making a headway then everybody's coming back with their hands out but they didn't want to do the work so you know moving forward I'm just trying to educate myself on how to preserve and and, and restore and build from where I'm at at this moment because all things are possible absolutely absolutely and I commend you for being being the one that stepped up and uh, got that done because I'm talking about a a whole family 
it was me versus a whole family. And, and, and we had properties. I see my brother sell two properties in two months. And three years later, he's broke. Oh yeah, I'm I'm actually um familiar, way too familiar and not without going into to details, uh, mm-hmm. uh I'm I'm close to an individual that's going through almost exactly the same thing that you're going through and it's it's it, at first it got to the point where it was kind of tearing the family up, but then it got to the point where, you know, a lot of people just not as aggressive, they kind of fell back and they let the aggressor be the 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 one that's the leading the pack, but they don't know exactly what they're doing, so now it's, it's coming right. full circle. So, uh, right, but right, exactly. Just if, can, do you, if you mind, do you let me know where you're calling from. I'm calling from New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. Because yeah, we got a lot of a uh, lot of callers that's from all over the country, and we we got four other mm-hmm. countries that's, that's been calling in too. So I kind of want to gauge and uh, see where my callers are coming from, and uh, we want to spread Could this information. Could I ask you a question? Now. Sure, sure. What, what what time does your show come on every week? Okay, the Saturday show comes on every Saturday at 1 o'clock. So it's usually from 1 to 3 on Saturdays. And then we also have another show on Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. But if you okay. go to, um, if you if you have the ability to go to blogtalkradio.com mm-hmm. and then just look up mm-hmm. L. Divine Bay, you'll see a list of all my okay. archive shows. And I think I have about 10 okay. or 15 of them. Okay. So, but I okay. appreciate you getting getting in here and, and, and at least being able to speak to me. And like I said, this, this particular show, you can go back and listen to it in its entirety and you'll hear a lot of information that I gave. Okay. Uh, and I'm going I'm to go a little further into this particular topic um, probably next week, but Wednesday we'll be on a different topic, but I'm glad you called in and I appreciate you. And Oh, yeah, I'm glad that I saw it because I'm, I'm very interested in going back and listening to the archive because just your topic alone, everything that I see here, this is like, this is what I've been preaching. But it, but it's, 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 I had to deal with so much. It's just hard to absorb it all in one shot. But I do want to reach out to you because, you know, let me, let me go back and listen to the archive and I, I definitely want to jump on your, your, your next show. Okay, well, what's your name because again? This is, this is real, Jackie. This Jackie. is real okay. right here. Jackie, what I'm going to do in addition, uh, I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna shoot you a text message with my email information. That way we can connect. Okay. Uh, and okay. that way we keep you in the loop and I can give you some additional information that I didn't put in the archive. Because basically, I okay. gave a, a, the beginning. I gave the beginning to, to basically how we can start generating some generational wealth for our people but we'll get into it and i'm gonna shoot you a, a message okay. and an email link Please and do. i definitely will and i appreciate you for tuning in jackie thank you for even having the show all right and you Absolutely. have a good weekend you too all right we got about a minute left and i didn't want to rush uh, my caller off but I uh, appreciate Jackie for calling in from New Jersey, and I'm definitely going to uh, reach back out to her, and we're going to give her a little more advice on her situation, and hopefully we can uh, bring her and her family out of there with a better understanding of what we need to do as far as protecting these assets and uh, making sure we have something to leave to our future generations. 
because that's what it's about. We want to make sure we leave something for them. I mean, we can use this leverage to do what we need to do here while we're here, but we want to make sure that we leave something for them. And insurance and property and those things of that nature are all part of that scenario. So once again, this was uh, Wealth Principles 101. This topic was what is generational wealth and how can we acquire it? So I appreciate y'all for checking in, and I will see y'all Wednesday, Wednesday at 7 p.m. hump day. So be blessed and have a good weekend. Be safe out there. Don't forget to log into blogtalkradio.com forward slash Bay. And follow me. Follow me on, on uh, Blog Talk Radio. You'll get an email notification when we be back on. So, again, peace. Assalamu alaikum. Shalom. Hotep. All of that good stuff, man. Y'all be safe. Have a good weekend.